And welcome to part two of this episode of Steelers Brunch with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Defio. And uh, thank you to everybody for staying with me in the live chat. There is Thaddeus Kedeny. Uh, who else we have here? See if I can find some some new folks. Knight Rider. I love it. Great name. One of my favorite shows as a kid, by the way. That That's the show that uh, taught me about uh, how... how Heartless uh, networks are when it comes to canceling shows. It just they just canceled it one day, and I was like, "What happened to Knight Rider?" And it was gone. But uh, I have a, one more topic I'd like to to discuss, and then I will take some time to actually two more topics. I have two more topics, and I will take some questions to round out this section of the show. And the next topic I want to discuss is the Steelers' nine and zero record, and their Pursuit of history, even though it's kind of it's kind of early, you know. If you're talking about like a no hitter, it's we're still in the fifth inning, sixth inning, maybe. But people are really are starting to to wonder now: Can they go all the way? Uh, can they make history and be the first team to go 19 and 0? And does it matter? And my answer to that question is: It matters if it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But this 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 idea, and I've I've heard this being discussed all week. This idea that they need to lose to get it out of their system um, to alleviate the pressure. And I've heard I've heard players talk about this on the radio, like former players who were in that situation. Oh yeah, we were eleven and zero and we lost. It 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 really took the pressure off, and I think it helped us. Well, first of all. If, if you're talking about only one team getting a, a bye in each conference, a lo- any loss might be might prevent them from from getting that uh, this year because the Chiefs are still hot on their tail at eight and one. So, you know, for for that reason alone, you have to keep trying to win. And and I don't really know what benefits what benefit you get out of a loss. People think it it, it oh it's going to humble them or it's going to wake them up. But I mean, they just beat a team thirty six to ten last week, and all we talked about. For, for the entire week was how bad the running game was. So I think, I think they're, you know, they're, they're grounded in reality. They understand they're, they're, that they're not a perfect football team. Mike Tomlin said, said that in his press conference, the only perfect thing about us is our record, meaning his football team. So I think they, they realize, uh, you know, they're, that 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 they're, they have, uh, they have some warts and, and they have some imperfections and it's just a, you know, they're, they're not going to, their, their heads aren't, you know, they, they don't need to be humbled. Right. So I don't, I don't re- think a, a, a loss is going to help them. You know, it, it might alleviate the pressure in, in the regular season, but you know, the postseason pressure, you know, it's like being submerged in water. Wet is wet. Right. I mean, whether you're 16 and 0, 15 and one or 13 and three, you know, there's, there's no greater pressure than winter go home do or die. Right. So, um, I don't, you know, once they, if they, if they finish the regular season 16 and 0, you know, other than answering a few questions about it every week, it's, I don't think it's going to be, there's going to be any more pressure than there would be any other time in the playoffs, you know, especially in Pittsburgh and with Steeler fans. I mean, what do we always say? Super Bowl or bust. Uh, that's, that's, that's true. Whether you're 16 or or you enter the enter the playoffs at ten and six or nine and seven. That's what the fans always want. They want a Super Bowl. So, um, you know, these players that keep saying this, uh, 
you know, it, it really helped us. You know, I've watched some uh, America's game, uh, like the 98, I think it was the 98 Broncos. They started out 11-0 or 12-0 or 13-0, whatever it was, and, and they lost. And the players talked about, oh, this really helped us. But only two teams have ever experienced a, a uh, perfect regular season. The 72 Dolphins, obviously, they went 14-0. And the 2007 Patriots went 16-0. So they're, they're the only two two uh, teams that can really comment on on whether or not it helps to, to, to get a loss before the playoffs. And obviously, the Dolphins went all the way. And, and they went 17-0, and they made history. And and it looked like the Patriots were going to do the same thing. Actually, they were going to go look like they were going to go 19 and 0 and and become the quote unquote greatest team of all time. That's how dominant they were that year. But they they lost in the Super Bowl. Did they lose in the Super Bowl because of the pressure of to go undefeated, or did they lose in the Super Bowl because the uh, Giants had one heck of a front four that made life miserable for Tom Brady? And, and you know how Tom Brady hates to have. Uh, any kind of pressure. I mean, most quarterbacks hate pressure, but particularly him, if you make him uncomfortable, then, you know, forget it. So I think it's more the latter when it came to that 07 Patriots team. They, they just ran into a, uh, a team that knew how to beat them and matched up well with them. And, all, you know, it also, all, it also took a, a her, you know, a, her, a great effort. I can't say it. Her leaky, I can't say that word. Scratch that. Edit, edit that word out. A great effort by, by uh, Eli Manning on a to keep himself alive on, on a play where it looked like he was going to be sacked. He threw it down downfield. David Tyree made one of the greatest catches in NFL history, the helmet catch. So it took all that uh, for the Giants to beat the Patriots. And I don't think the pressure of going 19-0 had anything to do with it. So um, I don't think the Steelers benefit at all from losing. If it happens, it happens. But I don't think they, quote-unquote, need to get it out of their system. I think they just need to keep – winning and and if they reach the playoffs with a again if they reach the playoffs 16 and 0 then the pressure once they get there is not going to be any different than you know three years ago the last time they made the playoffs at 13 and 3 the expectations are still going to be super bowl or bust so that's just my opinion on that i know people a lot of people feel differently about it they think that you know it's like a balloon that keeps expanding every week and they're waiting for that. They're waiting for that uh, bubble to, to burst so they can get that loss out of the way. But again, I think it's more for the regular season as far as pressure postseason. It doesn't matter. You know, the pressure is always going to be intense. So I have one more topic and that's obviously Sunday's game with the Jaguars. I, I look for the Steelers to much like they did against the Bengals and not so much like they did against the Cowboys. I look for them to go down to, to Florida and take care of business. Uh, Jake Luton is the quarterback. Uh, no, no more Gardner Minshew. I don't know much about him, but I know that that uh, he doesn't have many many uh, exceptional weapons to throw to. Uh, Tyler Eifert's in Jacksonville, and, and he probably wishes he was back in, in Cincinnati. Um, their defense is giving up 30 points a game. They don't, they don't have many playmakers, you know, get the days of Jalen Ramsey. Those days are gone. This is a completely different Jaguars team than the one that they sort of had mega problems with three years ago. How um, many lost to them twice? I mean, it's a completely different team. Uh, they've given up 28 sacks 
through nine games. So I look for the Steelers to really uh, take advantage of them. And, and I, I look for, I'm, I'm predicting maybe their, their biggest uh, win of the year, as far as a uh, point spread. I, you know, I know I, I realized James Robinson is a, is a heck of a rookie running back and he has 689 yards and uh, I think he has 200 and some receiving yards. So he's a, he's going to be a handful, but I think if they can, can contain him, and, you know, they've, they've had their issues with, with uh, stopping the run as of late. You know, they gave up 139 yards last week. But, you know, if they can contain him, like they, you know, they have Alu Alu back. And I think Mike Hilton's going to be back. So they're going to be at more at as close to full strength as they could possibly be without Devin Bush. So uh, I look for them to, to at least contain him, if not totally stop him. And I look, at, I look for this to be a, a fairly uh, easy day for them. With the uh, the Ravens on the horizon, I don't think they're going to be overlooking them. I think that they know what's at stake. I think they know that they, they have to keep their foot on the gas and 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 uh, stay ahead of the pack, stay ahead of the Chiefs as far as um, that number one seed in the AFC. So I don't I don't look for a letdown. I, I really don't. So I think it's going to be a good day, and I think the Steelers are going to be ten and zero for the first time in franchise history. They're gonna, they're going to improve their 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 greatest start ever for the third week in a row. So that's all I uh, I have for today, and I will take 10 minutes or so and answer some questions. So let's see what we got here in the live chat. Yes, here's one from uh, from West Hitchcock, a, a comment. Minshew most likely will not play. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about, about him. I, I've all been about uh, the other guy, Jake, uh, Jake Luton. It's going to be him that's going to go tomorrow, and uh, – much like they, they did with uh, Joe Burrow, I look for them to confuse him. And uh, like they do most – well, like most great defenses do against rookie quarterbacks, not just the Steelers, but they seem to have a pretty good knack for uh, for uh, making life miserable for rookie quarterbacks. Here's a, uh, a brief comment from Ryan O'Toole. Fun show as always, Tony. Thank you for that. I, 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 I love the, uh, the positive feedback. Here's a comment from Portna, Portna Quinba. Which was a less consequential offseason move, trading for Chris Wormley or signing Derek Watt? Yeah, that's a yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's 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 uh, another thing that's indicative of, of 2020. I mean, every every move is 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 put under a microscope because it's it's 24 seven uh, coverage. I mean, we have obviously talk radio, we have podcasts like this one, we have uh, sites like Behind the Still Curtain. So maybe these guys get more more. Um, pub than and or, or they, they get hyped up more than they than, than maybe they should um i'm kind of you know you know chris warmly you know he he's i don't think he was ever brought in to be a starter he was brought in more to uh to be a a, a decent uh backup and and the way alua lewis played i mean he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna get many snaps anyway uh, whether he was injured or not i mean alua lewis been fantastic this year and of course you're never gonna replace cam hayward and and, and stuff on to it they're just they're just uh, pro bowlers. So uh, I, I'm more disappointed with, with, with uh, Derek Watt and his, uh, his health. Cause I think, I'm, I think he could, he could help a little bit with the, uh, with the running game as far as uh, on short yardage situations. You know, I think he's a pretty decent blocker as far as him being a factor and, and, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. I never really put much talk into that because, uh, I didn't think he was going to be in, on the field all that often in, in those kind of situations. I think more often than not, they take the uh, 
Ben takes the snap out of the shotgun. So, you, you know, you're not going to have a, a Derek Watt in there very often, but in, in certain situations, I think they, they may have missed him. Uh, you know, with, with, with his injuries. And of course he's an exceptional special teams player. And, you know, overall their, their special teams has been awesome this year. So they really haven't missed him in that regard, but he's, he's certainly somebody you'd like to have, have in there at least for that. So if I had to pick one person, I'd have to say Derek Watt, as far as uh, uh, who I th thought, I think is a, a more disappointing uh, signing up to this point. Let's see. Here's a, here's a, uh, a, a comment from Ezra about free agency. Other than Farrier, Ryan Clark, Stephen Nelson, uh, we suck at free agency. Well, that's because, you know, there have been some effective uh, signings in recent. I think Ladarius Green was just, that was just a, that was just bad luck. You know, I don't think they, they realized um, how severe his, his uh, concussion situation was. And maybe they should have did their homework there, but I think he could have really helped them had he stayed healthy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, you know, they don't really have a great track record with, with free agents, but then again, they don't really go after the, the high end free agency. They, they, they're usually about, uh, signing the, um, the guys that, that like Steven Nelson, I mean, my goodness, you know, I mean, here's a guy who came in and, and helped complete a secondary that they had been trying to build forever. I mean, Joe Hayden, um, he's not a tr traditional free agent. He was a guy, that, he was a, a cap casualty at the end of training camp by the Browns and they, they scooped him up right away. So, you know, it's, it's you know, guys like, um, uh, gosh, Hardings. I mean, there's a guy that gets kind of goes under the radar as far as a, a great free agent pickup by them, uh, back at the uh, turn of the century, right? Right. I think he was, he was before Farrier. I think he was 2001. He, he was after uh, Dermonte Dawson and before uh, Pouncey. Uh, but he was he played on that uh, Super Bowl 40 team and he was fantastic. So, I mean, they, they have had some uh, really good free agent signings. It's not, uh, yeah, but I think if you looked at most teams, you'd probably find the same thing. You know, it's, it's, you know, I think most teams have a pretty low uh, batting percentage when it comes to free agency. It's just uh, when you really think about it, you're, you're getting, you're getting the players that other teams didn't think were good enough to franchise tag. That's how I always look at it. I mean, you, you, there are a lot of good play, free agents out there, but, but I mean, football is the ultimate team game. And I think it's a lot of times um, it, it's hard for a, a player to come in and, and fit into a particular system in, in football um, than it is in other sports like baseball or, or basketball or hockey. Let's see. Here's one from, here's a comment from Wes Hickok. I do agree. Pittsburgh takes shots on guys who are at the cheaper end of the market. And sometimes it ends up being bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, especially lately the last decade or so, that's how they've had to operate because they don't, they don't, uh, they don't have the, um, the, uh, the cap space. Here's one from Ali Howard about uh, Dante Moncrief, Moncrief, he calls him. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was more of a, uh, that was more of a move they had to make out of necessity because they, they weren't, prepared for the uh the uh Antonio Antonio Brown meltdown last offseason the 2019 offseason and so they they brought him in and and they, they hoped that he would uh he would at least be a veteran presence for them and he just was he was awful <laughs> he was there's no other way to say it here's one from I can't wait to see this one the first half of this question seems pretty interesting from Donald Nolan wait a minute where do, where do we go here I, I always screwed it up there we are 
Tony, did you see the Fat Man movie? May Mel Gibson playing Edgy Santa? Um, no, I I don't think I ever saw that movie. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, here's a comment from Wes. I, I to be completely honest, I actually thought uh, Deontay would be good. Me too. I thought he would be that veteran amongst all the uh, the youngsters. You know, with Juju and, and James Washington and uh, Deontay Johnson. It was his first year in 2019. I thought he would really really be a good find for them, but he had already had a broken finger or something. And, and that was, that was it. He just couldn't, he couldn't catch a cold. Uh, and that was uh, 2019 was the last year you were allowed to catch a cold before people freaked out. So maybe that's a good thing, but anyway, yeah, it, it wasn't, a good, it wasn't a good signing at all. And here's one from pop uh, Pappy W uh, Moncrief apparently is signed with the, on the Patriots uh, practice squad. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So, a uh, pretty big fall from Grace from him from last year. All right. That's, well, here's uh, Donna Nolan following up with the uh, Mel Gibson comment. It's a new movie just out recently. Great flick. Mel Gibson is great as disgruntled Santa. Great story, too. That sounds a lot, awful lot like uh, Bad Santa. Uh, yeah, I haven't, we haven't seen a whole lot of Mel Gibson in the last uh, last few years. So I, I guess it's uh, interesting that he's back uh, making movies again. I'll have to check that out. And uh, here's one from uh, Steelers Pittsburgh. Jer he brings up Jericho Cotri, and that's a great that's a great point. There, there's there's an example of a great veteran signing. He was a, a steady presence, a, a good a, a good player in that in the locker room. Uh, I'm not surprised that he's uh, he's a, a, a coach now, an assistant coach, and he'll probably be. Uh, I, I could certainly see him being a head coach someday. Um, well, then Moore's another one. Yeah, there's a a guy who wasn't he was an unheralded uh, free agent running back and look at all the uh, important plays he made for them in that Super Bowl 43 year when, uh, when Willie Parker was hurt a lot, uh, Richard Mendenhall was, he was lost for the year early on. He really saved their bacon a lot that year. So um, you, you can find some really good free agents um, at a bargain, ba a bargain basement price. And, and, and uh, sometimes they're, they're the ones that, that, that wind up paying off more than, than, uh, than, than, the, the splashy free agent signings. So here's one from wet West, a question from Wes. So Tony, do you think there is any other coach beyond Tomlin who could justifiably be named coach of the year right now? Good question. Ah, uh, I mean, nine and oh, it's hard to beat. Honestly. Um, I'm trying to think of any surprise teams out there and there really aren't any surprise teams. Uh, I mean, the work he did last year was coach of the year worthy, in my opinion, keeping them eight and eight or keeping them in playoff contention without Ben. And this year, I mean, keeping them focused through all the uh, the, the COVID stuff, the, the protocols. And uh, they had their, their first scare last week with Vance McDonald uh, testing positive and, and a few other players having to go into the protocol for a week. So he's really kept them focused. Um, and, and, you know, with Ben back, you know, He's he's taken them to where you know a lot of people thought he could take them uh, with, with with the defense in, in better shape than it's been in years, and, and he's taken them even further than we thought. No, who would have thought nine and zero, right? So I really can't think of one. And and what I from what I understand, he's not even in the discussion, right? I mean, it's 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 kind of it's kind of funny. It, it's uh, you know, when you when you when you even praise Mike Tomlin, people bring up the the his failures from the past, namely uh, the 2010s. And 
I maintain that that decade was more of a transitional decade than people want to want to realize. I mean, they had a great run in, in the 2000s. They they won two Super Bowls, and then you know the beginning of the 2010s, they made it to back to another one. Well, that team got old. The defense got old. The, a lot of the offensive players, like Heinz Ward, they got old. They moved along, and uh, as often happens, or oftentimes, what happens in that case is, is teams just fall off a cliff, and you know they're four and twelve, five and eleven, six and ten. You know it's bad, but he never. I mean, and they had some very shaky rosters in the early part of that decade, especially 2012, 2013. And I don't think people realize how bad that roster was in 2013, especially. And uh, he kept them afloat. He kept them in it. And, and they only had one game that entire decade. Well, actually one game in his entire tenure as head coach where they were out of the playoffs at kickoff where they were still, they were eliminated from the playoffs at, uh, at the start of the game. So, I mean, that says something. You know, so people, you know, they want to harp on 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 them underachieving, you know, with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell and those players. But they only basically it was the killer bees and an average defense. And I think this this year and I said this all offseason, this is could be the most complete team that they've had in a very long time. And I think you're seeing that come to fruition now with this nine and start. So, uh, you know. Just like Ben, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I don't know what it is about this. I think a lot of what's it with the national media. I think a lot of it is, you know, we're so passionate about this team that I, you know, I think you know it's 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 human nature to respond more to negative than or to the negative than it is to the positive. So I think a lot of these got people out there. I swear that they're just like you know, people always talk about clickbait with with us when we write stuff, but I think this is classic. With a lot of these guys like Adam Schneid and that list that Chris Sims put out last week. I mean, come on, this is classic clickbait. You know, you want people to, to, to engage and, 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 and be outraged. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of what you see when, when it comes to the Steelers and, and cause it's almost like people are either, you don't know football or you're going out of your way to be negative about the team. And that's fine. I mean, I don't think it really matters. The only thing that matters is whether or not they win a Super Bowl. If Ben wins, wins comeback player of the year and they fall short in the playoffs, people aren't going to really uh, care all that much about that. If he wins MVP and they lose in the playoffs, they're, they're not going to, you know, care. If, if Mike Tomlin is coach of the year and they lose in the playoffs, he's going to be, it's going to be hashtag fire Mike Tomlin again in, in, on social media. So, you know, bottom line is if they win a Super Bowl this year, then they can shut a lot of people up. And, and uh, people, uh, one of the interesting things I, 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 I'd like to talk about when it comes to Ben is I've seen this asked uh, a lot this week. If they win a Super Bowl this year, does he retire? And I say, no, first of all, he has $37 million as a reason to come back. Uh, and second of all, he's playing with house money at that point. Uh, you know, how many quarterbacks have won three Super Bowls? I mean, it's just a handful. So, you know, once he gets to that uh, echelon, I mean, he's in rarefied air. Now it's just a matter of, of, whether or, not, whether or not he can catch Terry Bradshaw. And I think he's going to want to come back and try to do that. You know, I think he's going to, you know, one of his uh, uh, boyhood heroes was John Elway. Well, how did John Elway go out? He, he won a Super Bowl after, I mean, his first one after a longest time. And then he came, he came back and won another one. So I think he's going to, he's going to want to try that. So let's see if we have an, uh, one or two more questions and I'll, I'll call it a day. All right. Yes, yeah, so here's one. Here's a sarcastic one from Ryan O'Toole, and I think it it uh, it's pretty fitting because that's how a lot of people act. 
the Steelers are the, wor are the world's worst team. They're certainly the world's worst not and O team. If you, if you uh, go by a lot of the uh, experts who uh, I think a lot of people still think that the, the Ravens are going to, are going to uh, beat them in, <clears throat> in, in, if not in the AFC North, certainly in the playoffs. I think that's just, you know, you, you hear this a lot about Mike Harbaugh or Mark, um, John Harbaugh. He's better than Tomlin. Um, okay. Where's the proof? You know, he won a Super Bowl and, and their team struggled to uh, even finish a 500 for, for a, a number of years. So, uh, you know, and, and yeah, he was, it was great that he signed Lamar or drafted Lamar Jackson. And he was, he was a good enough coach to, to build his offense around, around him, but one and done the last two years. So, uh, where do people, I think it's more like people, they, they look at other situations and, and they go, Oh, John Harbaugh, he's doing less with more or yeah, more with less, I should say. And Tom is doing less with more. That's always been the, uh, another criticism of his, which I think is kind of unfounded. So did I, uh, did I, I think I might have, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I screwed up. Ryan O'Toole, uh, and, and Wes, I told you Wes would be a valuable, a valuable uh, member of, of today's show. He he alerted me to, to my mistake. I, Ryan O'Toole is saying the Steelers are the world's team. Okay, that's right. That's a completely different, completely different uh, uh, sentiment. And and um, I just uh, I, I I was uh, rambling on and on. And I missed it. But you you are right. They are the world's team. They're certainly. Um, when you hear about the uh, the Steeler bars that are all over the world, you know, uh, everywhere you it seems like people from Pittsburgh they always have these stories. When they travel anywhere in the world, uh, they always run into people that 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 are that have Steeler jerseys on, or they find the Steeler bar. So I think it's pretty neat, and it's it's really amazing how how that's um, how much this, this organization has grown worldwide since the seventies. I mean, because this was a basically a nothing franchise for 40 years. And, and now it's arguably the most popular one in, 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 in the world. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys ratings be damned. So on that note, I'm going to bid you guys adieu. And the next time I see you, I'll have two games to talk about uh, the Jaguars game and, and Thursday's uh, Ravens game. But uh, I'll certainly be talking to a lot of you again on Monday on, on the hangover with Brian. So I'll, I'll see you then. But uh, for everybody else, if I don't see you on Monday, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and go Steelers.